At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to us around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and on TalkStream Live. If you'd like to send an email, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com and all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to uh, send an email, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. And uh, to find out all the great programming that is available 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, simply go to xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Robert Butner. And um, the question we're asking this hour, should human life be extended into centuries rather than decades? Well, Robert is a paleontologist and famed attorney, and he's going to help us answer whether this is a curse or a blessing. Now, the average life expectancy has been increasing, but is there a limit on just how long humans can live? Scientists appear split over the question. A recent study capped uh, the potential age for people at 115, even though a few outliers uh, have lived beyond that point. Other scientists, though, aren't convinced that there is a ceiling on how long we could live. But if we can extend the human lifespan into centuries rather than decades, that might not be as wonderful as we would imagine, says my guest this hour. Robert Butner, he's a scientist, an attorney, former U.S. Army intelligence officer, and acclaimed science fiction writer. By the way, his uh, website is robertbutner.com. And this is a quote from uh, Robert. The first person who will live to be a thousand may already be alive today, he says. That may sound exciting, but as a society... We're not really prepared to deal with it. Uh, First of all, Robert, always great talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show to talk to us about this very interesting topic. Because one of the major problems I can see here is the cost uh, of medical care. The cost of health care would be insurmountable. Well, uh, just want to say it's great to be back with you again, Rob. And thanks so much for having me. And... uh, to, to address that, I think that's, that's really an important thing to talk about is, is what the news is. And as you said, the idea that the first person who lives to a thousand uh, is already alive today, mm-hmm. that's no longer completely nuts. I mean, 10 years ago, living for centuries, it was vampires and freezing Ted Williams' head. <laughs> and like you said, 
human body as it's yeah. presently constituted pretty much wears out around 115 years. That's no matter how many sit-ups you do and how many yogurt and kale smoothies that you drink. But the promise now, and after all, I mean, who wants to live more years in a nursing home? Exactly. The promise of what's changed in the last few years is that the extended lifespans we're talking about would be in healthy bodies. In labs, mice are living two centuries in mouse years and without many of the symptoms of aging they normally experience. Hmm. Roundworms are living six centuries in worm years. Now, the point of that is that the insides of mouse cells and the insides of roundworm cells have basically the same structures and work the same ways as human cells. That's why uh, scientists uh, choose to experiment on them, that and they have very short lifespans, so, uh, so they, can, uh, they can work through a lot of generations and do a lot of different things. Uh, for example, the reason that the lab mice got experimented on in the first place was to test a drug called rapamycin, which had already been developed and was used to suppress uh, rejection in human organ transplants. So, uh, again, the, the thing is, the promise is that, uh, that you may not only live to be a thousand, mm -hmm. but you're going to, most of that time is going to be healthy time. Your body is, is not going to get older. That's the, that's the important difference here. But has science evolved to that point where our bodies will not get older? Well, that's the thing. There, there are actually, as I said, I, I mentioned a couple of examples mm. there uh, and, uh, and, and the way that these things work. Um, for example, uh, well, let's just take a, a few of the developments that, uh, that are out there right Ro now. Robert, why don't we do this? I've got to take a commercial yeah. break. Stand by. This is going to be a very interesting hour, Exonation. My guest is Robert Butner. And uh, we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we discuss this, this, this pondering question. Uh, by the way, Robert has a new book out. It's his latest novel entitled The Golden Gate. And uh, we'll let you know how you can get your very own copy of The Golden Gate when we come back from this break. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, 
or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is Robert Butner. We've had the pleasure of having Robert on the show before. He is a scientist, attorney, former U.S. Army intelligence officer, and acclaimed science fiction writer. His website is www.robertbutner.com. Uh, Robert, before we went to the break, um, you know, you were giving us some examples about mice and roundworms. And my question. Yeah. Is all right. That you know, that's good for mice. That's good for roundworms. But how do we keep the human body fit enough to sustain life past the average age now of 115? Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the thing that uh, is is a lot of people are, are aware of, and some people aren't. Uh, our bodies, actually, the cells in our bodies, most of them, mm -hmm. not the brain cells, not the heart cells, but most of the cells in your body uh, effectively die and, and, uh, and re regenerate yeah. themselves uh, millions of times, uh, millions of cells, uh, day in and day out throughout your lifetime. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, that, and as long as, Everything's running like it's like it's humming along when you're 25 years old. Right. For example, your body has the capacity that if you uh, uh, if you contract pneumonia, your body can fight it off. Mm -hmm. What happens though is some of those cells uh, stop replicating, and uh, and they aren't there anymore. Then when you get pneumonia at age 92, then you wind up in the ICU like our uh, former president, George H.W. Bush, right. just did at, at, at the age of 92. So uh, what, that's why it's so important that, that what we're doing here and what, the, what is happening uh, within the, uh, in the research community now is it's happening uh, inside cells. Uh, and the you know the specific technologies, for example, uh, in the in, well, let's just, let's just talk about uh, one example. Um, there's an there's an enzyme called telomerase. Okay, uh, it's an enzyme that the body sends to cells that repair the ends of the cell's DNA strands. You know the DNA the, the DNA strands tell your cell. Uh, it's supposed to rebuild itself like, and uh, and that's a, a very critical portion of that replication process we were just talking about. Right. DNA strands uh, are like shoelaces, let's say, and to replace uh, when 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 DNA st strand re replicates itself, uh, there's a little. Uh, uh, let's liken it to the plastic cap on the end of your shoelace. 
Uh, it's actually called, that's called an aglet, by the way, uh, and that keeps it from falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your shoelaces, uh, if you tie them and retie them, you know, a million times, then finally those little plastic caps wear out. And when that happens, then the strand falls apart. Uh, those uh, structures in uh, the DNA strand are called a telomere. The body has, uh, produces an enzyme that's kind of a telomere repair kit, and it's the enzyme's called telomerase. If we can figure out a way to deliver telomerase to good cells in the body, but not, for example, to cancer cells, so that uh, the good cells can continue to replicate and the bad cells can't, then we solve a lot of the uh, problems of aging virtually overnight. There are so many of these kinds of technologies out there that uh, that it's no longer, I mean, it's still a question of whether we, we can do this. I mean, uh, you know, like they say, uh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, what happens in labs stays in labs, too, a lot of the time. But in 2015, Google committed a billion and a half dollars to a life extension research affiliate to work on exactly these kinds of things. Now, if I was going to bet on somebody who could recognize the next big thing and make it actually happen, it just might be Google. Uh, Google's not alone. There are other tech billionaires that are jumping into the field, too. They may be doing that for selfish reasons because billionaires don't need to make more money. They need more time to spend their money. But what about about the ethical uh, ramifications? What about the overpopulation that would happen? Or would there have to be a a lottery on who can live longer and who has to die in order to keep the uh, the scale of humanity equal? What about the amount of food that would have to be done? What about the increased cost of healthcare? Like, it's nice to live uh, long, but we weren't made to live that long. Right. There's no question that, uh, you know, that while there's, there are huge issues whether we can do it, but as you point out, the, uh, the important issues we need to start thinking about now is whether we should do it. I mean, just the societal issues, uh, for example, in the United States, uh, you know, we have trouble even dreaming about how Social Security could cover us for an extra 20 years, or as you would say up there, the CPP and OAS. Um, and so the questions become, uh, do we push the retirement age out to 100, out to 900? If you were able-bodied enough to work 900 more years, think how much of that time you'd be stuck in traffic, you know. Some of us are already having trouble filling a rainy Saturday if the Internet's out. So, uh, and as you point out, when the technology gets here, it's going to be wicked expensive. The 1% can live forever. The rest of us, no. And that's actually even a bigger problem than we think. I, I agree with you. And then it comes to the religious uh, connotations that progressing life to that point would be. Is th- Does this mean that mankind is starting to play God more than they are right now? Well, that's true. And I, I think the, one of the questions that, uh, that comes to mind is that organized religions have for thousands of years promised their constituents consequences when they die. Heaven if they're good, hell if they're bad. If dying effectively is off the table, a lot more of us are going to sleep in on Sunday morning. So, those kinds of problems are there. It's actually like we were talking about the one percent living and forever, and not the rest of it. It's really a bigger uh, a bigger problem for the the society or uh, the fabric of society than you might think. I mean, we live with income inequality. Right. You know, um, there was a story out recently that said that something like eight people now control more wealth than the bottom three and a half billion people combined. But you know. We probably all read that story and decided we could we could live with that situation. Um, we also live with bad guys getting away with it, you know, well, partly because we know that in the end, Vladimir Putin is just as dead as we are. Death is the great equalizer. So mm-hmm. uh, all of those things are are uh, are problems that we would we would deal with and or we would have to deal with. And uh, 
you know, for example, there are some good things, though, too. Uh, for example, you would finally have time to clean out your refrigerator. But to be serious, how much more and better music might Mozart have written if he'd written for 300 years instead of for 30? But what happens if Mozart would have been crossing the street and got run over by a horse and carriage? Right, right. And that's, that's the thing. That's one thing that is an important distinction to make here, mm-hmm. is that we aren't, uh, we aren't talking about uh, a body that's going to be invulnerable right uh film out called deadpool where the guy you know he he, he lives eternally and he does get hit by a bus and sure. and he's still okay well, well, um, well another thing what would happen what to people about. who come down with the diseases that affect the um the rejuvenation of the blood cells for example the blood cells are rejuvenated uh, from within the bone marrow what happens if the person comes down with a with a disease that affects the bone marrow and his body can't reproduce the cells that are required at the pace that they would be required to have this person sustain life who would make the ultimate judgment whether this person lives or dies right and that uh, that's a situation that we that we deal with now and frankly we probably have to deal with it uh, more frequently uh, as when bodies are not staying healthy on their own. Uh, we have this problem down here uh, with the so-called Obamacare uh, because uh, young people, you know, 25-year-olds, don't want health insurance because they don't get sick. They don't get sick because their bodies, uh, the, the human body, uh, as long as all the cells are chugging along and doing their jobs, uh, the human body doesn't uh, doesn't really need that much help. It's only when mm-hmm. we get older when those cells start to age. So if we stop those cells from aging, then you know that sixty year old person doesn't need all that medical care. He's like twenty five year old. He says, "What do I need health insurance for?" So there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of other ways that this happens. But you make a, an excellent point. You made an excellent point earlier. We lose about 250 million people a year mm-hmm. off this planet, and most of those die uh, basically because of uh, an age-related uh, death. The death certificate says, yeah. for example, died of pneumonia. What that really means is uh, caught pneumonia, no longer uh, had a body that uh, had the, the cells in place, the healthy cells in place to resist the pneumonia like uh, that person could have when they were 25, so they died. Again, a lot of those people are going to stay in the system. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there are two ways to deal with that. I mean, one is you start, you start pushing perf- perfectly healthy people uh, off the cliff at some point, uh, or you uh, you reduce uh, births, you know, and uh, both of those things cause enormous uh, societal problems. Sure, what uh, would happen? To, would 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 the powers to be decide? All right, let's see. There's a lot of of illness. There's a lot of drought. There's a lot of famine in Ethiopia. Well, we just won't have any more Ethiopians. Goom. Goodbye. You know, I, I can I can see this being worse worse than Auschwitz. Yeah, that's that's certainly an you know that's an issue, yeah. um, and it's it's really kind of astonishing uh, when you really think about how much we're dependent on our bodies being uh, basically a, a something finite. You know, uh, if we had more time we'd be confronted with questions like, um, well, for example, uh, not only do you, well, most of us at one, at some point we choose a career. Uh, if we do it right, we, as this man says, you, f- you find the work that is play and you're happy with that career. If that doesn't work out, well, you're pretty much stuck with it because you, you can't start over again. Uh, if if we have uh, unlimited lifespans, or effectively unlimited, I mean, yeah. you know, we can't even imagine what it'd be like to live for even 200 years. Um, you know, you'd have a chance to do uh, to do different things. But in what capacity? That's just it. Yeah. Like yeah. right now, um, this is a major scientific hypothesis that it could actually work. You know, not looking at taking taking the mouse and the roundworm out of the out of the out of the equation for a moment. 
Yeah. You know, uh, unless, unless they're going to start genetically modifying the body to last longer, to sustain life longer. And do, does science really, does science really have that, the interest of humanity at heart when they start playing God. We'll be back on the other side of this break. My guest is Robert Butner, www.robertbutner.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. 
Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Robert Butner is our guest, www.robertbutner.com. And Robert, I can just see it now. Sylvester Stallone is given the ability to live to a thousand. Can you imagine how many damn Rocky movies we'd have to go through? No, that's that's the that's the beauty of this is that it, you know it gives rise to an, an unlimited number of uh, of. Uh, sort of uh, amusing consequences, uh, as well as some of the deeper ones that we've been talking but this about. Is, this is but scary, my friend. It, it, it can be. Now, here's another thing that we haven't talked about, okay. and I think actually uh, probably uh, hits a little bit more uh, home for the, for the X-Zone audience. Um, you know, uh, right now, is an absolute matter of physical reality. Nothing can outrun light, right? Uh, one thing we're all interested in is is traveling to the stars and finding out what's out there. But, you know, 186,000 miles per second, mm-hmm. the speed of light, that's not a good, just a good idea. It's the law, you know. In science fiction, man crosses interstellar space as quickly as the sailing ship used to cross, you know, used to cross the oceans. But all that warp drive and diving through black holes and mile-long generation ships and the astronaut crews that travel flash-frozen like corn dogs, we're really not going to get to the stars in those ways. The very best we'll ever do is accelerate vessels of economically feasible size to a fraction of light speed. Now, it sounds like I just said we can't get there from here. But what I meant was, that man can't reach the stars by outrunning light. But a man doesn't have to outrun light, he just has to outrun death. If man can, mankind can outrun death, the only obstacles to interstellar travel are perfecting the non-chemical propulsion technologies that we already know about, mm-hmm. combating boredom en route. You know, if a ship can accelerate to a third of the speed of light and its crew can live for hundreds of years, then thousands of Earth-like planets are reachable. You know, that's that's one of the promises of extended lifespans that I think is can be the most exciting for us. Well, you see, they wouldn't um, be that bored because they'd have all those Rocky movies to watch. That's 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 the truth, my friend. Uh, I'm not sure though. That might that might actually cut down on the uh, the number of people who volunteer for the trip. Or what's what's his new bunch of the endurables? Oh golly, I don't even. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I really don't keep up with those things because I'm so busy writing. But um, yeah, it's this uh, this is one of the things I, I think that uh, that is the most exciting about uh, about the new technology is that it, it opens up some new horizons for us in terms of uh, uh, of what we might be able to do. Uh, you're probably familiar and, and probably have uh, talked a lot of other, uh, to a lot of other guests about uh, the uh, Yuri Milner idea that's uh, endorsed by Stephen Hawking, the so-called breakthrough, breakthrough star shot. They're going to basically send a, a, a tiny, tiny, a nano spaceship uh, that, that they can accelerate. That's a, such a small mass that they may be able to accelerate it to a significant fraction of the speed of light, and uh, you know, and send it out there to Proxima Centauri B, which is you know the nearest uh, nearest planet that that we could get to. And you might be able to get it there in maybe 30 years, and you might have uh, you know pictures or transmissions back to see what's there within another 30, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's another thing that's uh, that would be kind of interesting is uh, be, I'd kind of like to be around and see that. Uh, so those things are happening, but that just doesn't, for most of us, that doesn't really cut it. Uh, yeah. We want to be there, you know. Sending a robot out is a nice thing. We'd like to see the pictures, but we'd like to go there. And that's something that's that's kind of possible. 
uh, if we have the ability yeah. to extend life. You know, you know, it's nice to think about going to the stars, but I'm a weird kind of guy. I'd like to see science concentrate on the problems we have here on this planet. Take care Boy, of the sick. You know, take um, care of sick. You know, the sick. Alternative fuel. Alternative energy. Uh, disease. You know, the, the problems we have here. Spend the money. Spend the resources. Spend the time. Fix things here first, and then once we've got this done, then we can go to the stars. Mind you, that's how I think. Yeah, I, and I think uh, that you make an excellent point there. Um, that. Uh, the kinds of things that uh, when we want to solve some of those big problems, uh, you know, if we want to solve them uh, through market-driven entrepreneurship, uh, like, for example, uh, well, Mr. Milner's uh, project, the Breakthrough Starshot that we were talking about, that's actually something that um, uh, doesn't really have much commercial application, you know, other than the movie rights. Uh, But, you know, what market-driven entrepreneurship does really well is it uh, it develops broad, deep technology. You know, if one genius invents an electric lighter or a smartphone and people want them, then a million entrepreneurial electricians will build billions of electric lights and nobody will even have to ask them. But if you really want to do something big, if you want to solve the kinds of problems that we're talking about here, things like, you know, effectively make bodies so healthy that disease is no longer a problem. Those kinds of things, those kinds of technological leaps uh, are generally accomplished, frankly, by government because they're they're narrow focus, slow return, massive investments. Uh, Take, for example, the two biggest technological leaps in human history, Manhattan Project, the Mercury through Apollo moon landings. Those were driven by existential martial threats to the most powerful nation in history. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we just don't, we don't do those kinds of things well. And that's one of the reasons that I think we probably aren't going to see uh, a lot of these technologies uh, become real. A lot of the uh, life extension technologies become real. For example, uh, Bill Gates said a couple of years ago uh, that he rejected uh, the uh, life extension technology research uh, that, for example, like what Google was doing, because it was too narcissistic. It wasn't legitimate philanthropy because most of these guys were, uh, the, the, the billionaires were in it to win it for themselves. So there are so many of these kinds of, uh, of uh, obstacles to right. uh, some of the technological solutions that may be available to solve those problems that you're talking about, the, the, the common problems that we, uh, that we all share. And that's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting question. I, and, think, uh, I think that the moral fiber to this entire question has to be seriously looked at. Uh, once again, what does this do to the, the religious philosophies what does this do to our moral code of conduct it's we've got we've got researchers around the world i i know uh, i know a very dear researcher here in hamilton his name is dr michelle rathbone and he has he and his team at mcmaster have been working day and night on trying to get people to walk again through spinal regeneration and their biggest hang-up, they just can't get enough money for research. No, ab- absolutely. That's uh, like I said. That's that's one of those situations. Uh, for example, if uh, if you're looking to develop a drug to, mm-hmm. uh, for example, cure male erectile dysfunction. Speaking of Sylvester Stallone, and um, <laughs> you know something like that. Where, they're, where they could see, wow, you know, we could, what is it, the guy in uh, Jurassic Park, the lawyer in Jurassic Park, said, he says, we can charge anything we want for this because people are going to want this so much. They're going to want to see the dinosaurs. Uh, it's the same thing with those, those kinds of technologies. You know, uh, we can do that. But some of these other things, like you're talking about there, very expensive uh, treatment, 
uh, treatment that's not necessarily that there aren't going to be people out there with yeah. the people who have those injuries are are going to be the ones who, who probably are least able to uh, to afford the treatment. So they're dependent, just as you say, they're dependent on on the largesse of uh, of uh, people who've already made their billions of dollars and want right. to do something good with it. And then just look what look what it would do to the political arena. Instead of having a president who would only be able to stay in terms for what uh, two terms, four years a term, if this this president is living up to be a thousand years old, why yeah, wouldn't well, he? You know, for example, I mean. Uh, how'd you like 1,200 years of Hitler instead of 12? Exactly. Yeah, and the, exactly. And the, the difficulty is that the authoritarian uh, the authoritarian regimes tend to stay in place uh, far longer. Uh, in most of virtually all of the uh, of the uh, democratic uh, uh, formats do have have quite a bit of turnover, frequent turnover. So the big winners in this entire scenario of you know, should human life be extended into centuries rather than decades, would be the pharmaceutical industries. Uh, actually, uh, that's the question. Would, would they be, or would they actually be the ones who, who suffer? Because, you know, if people aren't getting sick. Ah, but this raises the question. Yeah. How, you know, it, it's nice to say that everybody's going to live in that perfect world where no one is going to get sick. Because nobody's going to die. But looking at the realistic aspect of it, somebody's going to have to keep the body maintained with the proper nutri- nutrients, the proper diet, the proper supplement. You know, in case somebody gets sick, they're going to need super drugs because we're not talking about a body now that is is programmed for, let's say, even 115 years. You're talking and looking at a body that is going to be programmed or manipulated to ex- exceed that even up to a thousand years. The pharmaceutical yeah, companies. You touch on a on a really good point uh, that uh, that actually comes up in the in the in the in the novel. Uh, that uh, this guy uh, who has uh, developed a lot of this technology is mm-hmm. talking about what what drove him to that, and uh, and it, it turns out that uh, you know his father had liver disease, and so he you know and he and he died from it because he was a dry cleaner and he in, uh, inhaled carbon tetrachloride back yeah. in the day when when that was used all the time, and. This guy says that's that's the thing about about the way we practiced medicine before we had the ability to to um, actually keep the human body young, where it it didn't basically need uh, all the to treat all these pathologies because the human body was able to fight those pathologies off on its own. He said, you know, the, the medicine that we've been practicing and that the pharmaceutical industries. Uh, practice, it's kind of like whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know, we, we invent uh, uh, something that will uh, uh, treat uh, liver disease over here, but then on the other hand, we come up with uh, with uh, Tylenol and, uh, and Advil, yeah. uh, which both, if taken uh, to excess, are actually hepatotoxins. They actually are, are toxic to the liver. All right, stand by, please, so, Robert. You and I have to take our final break for the Sour Exonation. Robert Butner is our special guest. www.robertbutner.com. I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. You're listening to us around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and TalkStream Live. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Robert Butner is my guest this hour, Exxon Nation. His website is www.robertbutner.com. And the question we're asking is, should human life be extended into centuries rather than decades? Uh, Robert explores this and its ramifications in his latest novel, The Golden Gate. Among the questions the human race uh, would need to deal with include, where would we put all these people? Could we feed everyone? What about jobs? If we live forever, does the afterlife that many religions promise become meaningless? And what about this one, Robert? You get married. What about the divorce rate? How is this affected? (laughs) You know, can you just imagine that a guy who lives to a thousand will be able to be married if every marriage lasts 10 years? You know, this guy is... A hundred divorces down the road. Are you still kicking on and still looking for Mrs. Wright? Oh man, I I, uh, I, I hate to think about the alimony. <laughs> um, 
That's, uh, you know, that's, there are so many, uh, that's one of the questions that, uh, yet another of the, of the many questions yeah. that, that we have to think about. You know, how are social relationships going to be, uh, going to evolve? Uh, are, you, uh, are you as likely to uh, give birth to, uh, you know, to, uh, to decide to raise a family? Yeah. Because, you know, hey, you, you know, the... Uh, as I recall, one of the rationales for for having a family, and especially having a large one, for example, in China, mm -hmm. uh, the reason that a male child is, is prized is because the male child will have the wherewithal to take care of the uh, of the old folks when you know of, of his parents when they get older. Uh, that's sort of the uh, the original social safety net, and. Uh, uh, if that becomes something you don't really, if you don't need kids for that, mm -hmm. um, then, uh, you know, it, it may be that the birth rate takes care of itself. We were, we were talking about that before, about what are we going to do? We've got all these new people yeah. coming in at the, you know, at the front end of the system and nobody, nobody exiting on the, uh, on the back end of the system because everybody's living to, uh, to a thousand in, in a healthy body. So there are so many so many issues with this and and the thing is that the technology actually is is more real than uh, than most of us would have ever thought even a few years ago a few years ago like I said that was it was kind of a joke if you talk to researchers about those kinds of things it can't can't happen so uh, the novel is it's 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 about a terrorist attack which is what happens in the book is this uh, guy who uh, uh, tech billionaire kind of a cross between Elon Musk and Steve Jobs gets blown off the Golden Gate Bridge by a bomb. And but it, the book is about a terrorist attack like Jurassic Park is about a theme park accident. You know, it's it's really about it's really about a uh, what we have a technology that's out there and uh, not just can we do it, but should we do it? So there are so many of those kinds of issues that fit together with, uh, with this question. Another, another part of the question I have is what about the animals? Would we also include animals in this longevity program? Oh dear. Yeah. I, I, I suppose, uh, I suppose somebody would want to do that. Uh, as we were talking about before though, it's so unlikely that, uh, the, I mean, why would the government, for example, want to bring the cost of this technology down? You know, they, they don't really have a reason to want to do that. Um, so that's why the technology, if it gets developed, is going to be developed by somebody who thinks they can make a buck doing it. And, uh, and, and those folks uh, are going to be marketing that uh, that technology mm -hmm. uh, to people who, who can pay for it. Now, we know for a fact that the yeah. human body, as we know it, has not stopped in its, in its evolutionary growth. Right. What will we be doing to our species if we, in fact, start interfering with Mother Nature on an evolutionary level? Yeah, well, I think we already, I, I think it's clear we are already doing that. I mean, uh, the fact that we, even though we're, like I said, uh, the, the way that we address medicine now mm -hmm. is kind of this whack-a-mole uh, theory. You know, we, we cure this pathology, and then we realize that there are side effects from that, so now we have to come up with a new technology to be able to balance that out. I talked to a physician who pointed out, he said, look, you know, Half of what I do, if not more, is just uh, understanding that you know the interactions between this uh, this drug and this drug over here, and you know if I give them this one, then I can't give them that one, or here's how I have to give them that one. So uh, again, it's 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 really it's awfully complicated and and awfully difficult and. Probably not something that uh, that the government's going to mm -hmm. want to fund. Well, uh, you know, there's I, no upside for them. I I don't think that not funding is 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 the 
going to be the major problem. We all know that Mother Nature has supplied us with a very delicate balance. Yeah. And we've already tilted that balance by by the amount of industry that we have presently with the number of people we have on the planet. By not looking into alternative energy prior to going with the the increased length of life, there's going to be no planet to live on. So now, that's, you know, speaking, speaking as somebody who, uh, I, I lived in Calgary for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't, we aren't running out of planet, uh, but unfortunately human beings have a way of, uh, of taking up an awful lot of, uh, of consuming an awful lot of resources uh, even though, uh, you know, we don't need the, that much physical space. So uh, your, your point's well taken. Uh, while we might, you know, we're not literally going to be jammed in there. Uh, believe me, I lived in Kansas for a while. Right. There's plenty of space out there. Uh, but uh, but, this, but it's, not, it's not necessarily space that, uh, that we can occupy effectively and efficiently. Can you just, do you remember the show Cheers on TV? I do. Okay, remember when Norm used to walk in, everybody yell out, Norm! Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's use Norm here. And Norm has yeah. been going to the same bar for 900 years now. Really? And everybody <laughs> looks up and they say, oh, Norm. Norm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, like I said, that the, the thing that's kind of great about this is that there are so many of those kinds of things that are, that are really amusing, you know, that, uh, you know, like I said, how, you know, how many times do you want to reorganize your junk drawer, you know, uh, but on the other hand, though, uh, it, it is, it is potentially a, a serious problem. And it's it's not really just uh, it's not really something as simple as uh, you know uh, living uh, living a little healthier you know and and kicking your lifespan out there for another couple of years. I mean, at the time that you're confronted with with that, a couple of, you know with with your more, own mortality, a couple more years seems awfully good. But that's not uh, uh, those. Those aren't the kinds of technologies we're talking about. Yeah. Um, the lifestyle stuff doesn't really move the goalposts. You know, you compare Japan, uh, two countries, for example, that have well-developed healthcare systems. Uh, Japan, uh, presumed healthy lifestyle uh, compared to the United States. You know, down here we have this wretched, obese lifestyle, or at least that's what everybody tells us. The difference in life expectancy in those two societies is only about four years. So you can't really move those goalposts. You can't get into these problems until you start tinkering inside the human cell. And that's the thing that, uh, that we're finding we can do now. So. Uh, it's pretty bad when humanity or humans are going to outlive uh, the structures that we live in. Yeah, yeah. I can just see a a, a hornet's nest being opened. But the scary part is that I'm sure there are those people out there, like we were talking about at the beginning, who really want this. They don't want to die. No, that's right. I mean, if you're a billionaire, you don't need um, to make more money. You need more time to spend your money. And that's why a lot of them are, are jumping into the, uh, are moving their companies into that kind of research. They literally see the possibility uh, that they can be the, the personal beneficiary of the new technology. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that. These are the kinds of breakthroughs that could actually happen within their lifetime. You know, it's, it's not a question of... Uh, you take one pill tomorrow and you're going to live to be a thousand. It's that if you can extend yourself out for maybe, you know, out to 150 years from now at the current pace of technological change, by the time you get to 150, they'll have figured out a way to get you to 300 and so forth. It's the, it's the accelerating pace of change that really makes the difference. Robert, whoa, Craig, bring her down, boy. 
Robert, as always, time goes by so fast with you, my friend. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on your new book, The Golden Gate. And um, Exonation, Robert Butner's been our guest, www.robertbutner.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us on the TalkStream Live and, of course, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. Thank you.